Hi, everyone. I'm so excited. Today, we have our very first guest on Toddler Toolkit. And this actually is a chat interview that I had with Sarah a few months ago. But I plan on having her back on later towards the end of the year or the new year to help us with three under three. And what do you do if you have a baby and a toddler at the same time? How do you help your toddler with behavior and meltdowns when you're holding a baby? So until then, I wanted to introduce Sarah to you. And this episode is going to be about getting the whole family involved. And Sarah has some really great insights for us. And you know, what do we do when we have babies and toddlers and that changes the harmony in the family? What are some tools and skills that we can utilize? And also what minor and major changes can happen that can get us out of whack and out of harmony and how that affects our family? And what are some tips and tricks along the way that both Sarah and I have learned from having babies and toddlers? And Sarah is an author of Little Ward Books. She has, her first book is called our NICU journey. And then her new book that she just released recently is One Step Behind. And I am gifting that to my friends that have a new baby in the family that also have toddlers because the book is about how your older children or toddlers can welcome the new baby into the family and how to do that. So it is very supportive and it's a great book. So if you are interested in finding out more about Sarah's books, just go to www.littlewardbooks.com backslash shop and you can get her books there. All right. I'm so excited for you to listen to this episode. Let's go ahead and get it started. Welcome to Toddler Toolkit Podcast, the ultimate parenting guide tailored for the unique challenges of raising twins, multiple kids, or little ones close in age. Hi, I'm Heather, master's in education and proud twin mama of busy toddlers. You might have tried advice tailored for one child, but that's not our journey, right? With a decade of teaching experience under my belt, I've seen it all from toddlers to teenagers in the classroom. Now, as a parent to two toddlers, I'm experiencing the flip side of the coin. So whether you have two under two or just looking for tips that work in tandem, you're in the right place. Let's unlock the secrets to understanding toddler behavior, preventing meltdowns, and raising intuitive, resilient children who listen in two seconds. So today we're talking about harmony in the home. I know after my last live about self-care, like we had connected and, and yes. thought that this was very, just like a great topic to get into because a lot of families, especially with little ones or introducing little ones, kind of, you know, you you lose that harmony because so many things have changed. And so we thought this would be just a great topic to touch on. It's not something that a lot of people really talk about. I'm just talking about the chaos of motherhood. <laughs> and so, you know, hopefully... Everyone will leave today with, you know, a few extra tools in their toolbox of how you can kind of add a little harmony to your own home today. So that's, yes, 
Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. It's like, it's like self-care on a, on a whole nother level. Yes. Yes. For mom, dad, yes. kids, everything. Yes. So the whole family involved. So the definition of, of harmony is just the ability to trust and support and communicate differences in a constructive manner. And, you know, to be able to look kind of past yourself at the broader picture of your whole family. So, you know, for you, you know, how, like, how does harmony fit in with your life right now? Well, I kind of look at it like a lot of us, like, want to be able to balance it all. And that can be so hard, especially as twin moms, we know that this or parents of multiple kids or have been through different experiences, it can be quite challenging. And so it's kind of getting out of that balance act mindset where it's like, we're on one side of the scale, but then like everything else is on the other side, like our priorities, our obligations, our kids, our relationship with our partner, all of that can be like, it's like either or. So that's why I love the harmony method because it's, it's like, if you think of it, like we're all a part of this whole, like harmony is like the whole family unit and everything. And we all are an active piece in that. So that is just really, really great for building trust and connection and a really supportive family community. So, and I'll definitely get more into that a little bit later. Yeah. It, I mean, it is a struggle, especially, you know, for moms of multiples mm-hmm. who go from having zero children to having two yes. or three or four, you know, it's, it's overwhelming. I mean, adding one is overwhelming. So anything more than that is just an extra, extra little miracle. So trying to figure out how to still have the balance of yourself and take care of yourself mm-hmm while also caring for, you know, two other people and making sure that you and your partner's relationship is still being nurtured. It's, it is a balancing act and it's difficult to do. So. Yes. And there's some different parts I want to walk through with you guys that could have like different aspects of harmony that can have like this influence. So like one of them is like a friction is what I call it like a kind of like a disruption in our harmony. And that can happen. Like I said, like harmony, it's all these little, uh, all of our different parts that are making up the whole of our family. And if, if somebody feels a certain way and it's not being communicated, then that can kind of throw things off and, and where everybody's not on the same page. So that is one aspect is we can feel a little bit of friction in our harmony, but also there can be changes in harmony. So we can have like major changes and some minor changes. So as a twin moms, we know, or if you have NICU experience or, or birth trauma or any of those things, we know these are like major changes that not just felt by the parents, but if you have an older child, there's also more dynamic with that. And then there's like the more subtle changes. I like to think about it like as our kids progress and grow, those could be more like subtle changes. Like entering toddlerhood doesn't necessarily just turn on when they turn two, right? Because I started noticing like 18 months old. I'm like, I'm seeing some pre-two signs here, (laughs) you know? (laughs) 
it, it, it does. You're like, wow, already you're, you know, like, so that, that is part of it. Also that even though we're talking about family harmony, it all does really start with ourselves. Like we make up the whole of the family and also that our children are definitely a part of that and they definitely are picking up on that. So those are kind of some of the different aspects and things that influence our harmony. Yes. And I, so I had, I had, we had done a post about, you know, the four pillars of harmony, which are love, kindness, communication, and connection. And I had asked, <laughs> I had asked a few people, some, <laughs> some individuals had a private message me because they did not want to post it on there. <laughs> Most people, you know, they really stressed communication being the most important of those. And I thought that was really interesting, but you know, there's a lot to say for that because if you don't communicate your needs, I mean, you, you look at your soon to be two-year-olds who might or might not be the most fluent, you know, people to express their feelings and emotions, wants and needs. And, you know, it's frustrating for everybody. You get yelled at, they get yelled at, like nobody's, happy. (laughs) Yeah. There's no communication. There's a gap. And so being able to communicate your feelings, helping your children be able to communicate theirs, as well as reaching out to family members, friends, your spouse, especially, and just being open and honest and saying, I, you know, maybe I need a little help. Maybe I need a little bit of me time. Maybe I need somebody to help teach my kid how to say no, because this is a problem, you know, all of these things kind of all come together and they just are in conjunction of love and connection and kindness. So they all stem from each other, but what are your thoughts on that? Absolutely. I love how some of the people you were talking to were mentioning the communication piece, because I feel like that is such a major one. Because more recently, now that our children are two, we've definitely had more experienced parenting. So some of it does just come with experience. But, you know, just some simple little things like one of the things was, you know, hey, I noticed one of our twins is throwing, like throwing things. And we're actually reinforcing the behavior. Hey, I did this one thing and it worked and he stopped throwing, like, try this. Like, and if that was never communicated, we would be on a totally separate page and there's going to be frustration with that. Another great example that I can think of is so like, if you're always doing as parents, we get stuck in our routines And like, sometimes we get burned out on them. So I always did that time. And so, um, you know, communicating with my partner, like, hey, would you do bath time tonight? Like, I I am so spent in, I've been so active. I took them to the playground here, there. Like, I just don't, you know, this would, and like, just that change in routine sometimes could really make a difference in our mental health. And it starts with that communication. And Yes, understand, you know, understanding what 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 could take something a little off my plate, even just for right now. Right. Right. And it makes a huge difference. And, you know, it might be something that, you know, dads, especially, they kind of get pushed back, like moms kind of do mom thing and they take over. (laughs) Yeah. You know, we were like, I know what my kid wants. Like, let me just deal with this. And so they might actually appreciate being able to 
be welcome in on some of those routine things that they kind of don't get to do very often. You know, if you're the one doing bath time, you know, maybe every once in a while, dad might want to do bath time. So it's good to be able to mix things up and give each other just kind of those moments to be able to bond with our kids in different ways. It really is great. And also, if anything were to ever come up, then they they actually know what to do. Um, Because even because I just laughed this one time, I asked my husband to do their their uh, sippy cups once and he and, you know, he didn't do it before, so he didn't know to put the, the straw. So they were, like, sucking because the talk has a straw, but it needs, like, a straw to go in the so, – he's like, I don't know what's wrong. Why are they upset? And it's a learning, but it's the learning and giving yes. the opportunity. Yes. So I remember when we were we were introducing solid foods to my girls, and my husband's like, what do I do? Like, <laughs> what do you want me to do? And I'm like, yes. you just cut it up and you throw it. Like, they'll be fine. He's like, what if they choke? I'm like, they'll be fine. And he's like, but what if I don't do it right? I'm like, okay, let's have like a quick one-on-one on how to, you know, how to make their plan. Yeah. He's got a point. It is scary. You know, you mess up your kid and to be able to just like be included on something small like that, it, it makes a big difference. Yeah. They love when dad interacts with them more yeah. or, you know, and it's, and then I think also they feel um, your partner might start to feel more confident yes. around them. Like, cause it's just like, okay, I could do this one thing with them. Now I feel like I can do other things. Yes. Yes. It's definitely confidence booster. Yeah. I know the first time my husband's like held our kids, he's like, oh, like I'm a breakup. I don't know what I'm doing. And I'm like, I'm telling you, the more we do it, the better we'll get. And he's like, okay, are you sure? Like, should I wait until somebody comes over to help me? I'm like, you got this. So Yeah. I think there's a term for it called something like maternal gatekeeping, where like motherly instincts make us want to do all the motherly things, but that is also very healthy to allow our partner be able to take some of that and and get some fulfillment out of it as well. Yeah, I agree. So we kind of touched a little bit on the benefits of harmony in the home. So I think for me personally, any way you can reduce the chaos in your home is like a huge one. Yes. (laughs) So, you know, that and like being able to, to nurture relationships between everyone is, you know, those two go hand in hand and it's just, Especially for moms of multiples, like anything you can do to just make it, make it through the day, make it to seven or eight o'clock at night. So everyone survived the day and everyone's sleeping like that's, that's a huge win. So what, what other benefits do you think uh, Harmony can bring? Yeah, I think being on the same page, improving relationships and communication and bringing more laughter and joy into the home. And that is where a lot of the positive connections and family is really formed in those, those joyful moments. I, yeah. I laughter really, I mean, especially for my fellow NICU moms that might be turning in and like, you got to smile and it's, it's a hard thing to do when things are not going great and you just need something to kind of brighten your insides and bring you a little bit of joy. So even finding like, a tiny win in your day can help kind of boost that joy. So maybe the house did not get clean, but maybe the kitchen did, you know, maybe your child did not have the best 
best behavior, but maybe they did listen that one time you asked them to pick up. So, you know, you just got to find that one little bit of joy in your day and count it as a win and try to start over the next day. Yeah. And just realizing like, you know, we, we can't do it all, but really like focusing on what do we value the most? So if we did what we value the most that day, maybe something didn't get cleaned or it it got put off to the side for, for later, but did we do what we value the most? And, and that is going to lead to a lot more fulfillment and a lot less feeling like you, you can't keep up with it because you know, you checked off actively what is the most important to you. And I think values is so important because I know when me and my husband were just figuring out the whole twin thing, it really challenged us, our values, and it really challenged our communication. And we realized we really do value communication. And we also had the epiphany that our communication style was coming from our childhood and the family rules from our childhood. And we were bringing it into our new family. And once we actually understood, we were, you know, like we both found out we were afraid to rock the boat from our childhood and parenting situations. And so we were parenting with that and not communicating effectively, you know, like tiptoeing and not saying what needed to be said and taking things personally. Once we figured that all out, knew our values, what we really wanted, like our relationship improved so much. So that is just such a huge benefit. Yeah, that's a huge win. I I would say we probably had the opposite. (laughs) We did. Mom was going to do like I was just on a roll and my husband's like, Ooh, why don't we try this? And I was like, thank you for speaking up because I was just going to keep doing my thing. So dads, it's important to chime in like, please, please. Like it's the family as a whole and you yes. all have to work together and everyone has their, you know, special unique skills that they bring to the table. I love to disinfect things. It makes me feel good. And my husband loves to organize. And I'm like, we're the dream team for clean houses. So when, you know, toys are a little bit crazy. I'm like, the bathroom's clean. Everyone has clean clothes. We're good. He's like, but there's toys everywhere. I'm like, we'll buy some baskets, you know, we will make this work. And we did, you know, and it was just a quick easy thing for him to be like, there's toys everywhere. And I'm like, I know, what do we do about it? And buy a basket. we bought a basket and now every different kind of toy has a basket and my kids put it back in the basket and put it away. And I'm like, this is so great. So great things can come communication. It can. And having a system that works for both individuals, like you said, you guys had a little different priorities on what you thought was the most important, but even though it was shared, with being clean or organized. So just, just working together. And like, it's so funny because we just got like a, like a felt type bin that organizes the toys and we just have put more of the toys away. And the cleanup is so much less because now that they're, they're two, it's like either there's some overstimulation and they don't need as much. So it's just like, the different phases. And, and that's the other challenge, like with the harmony, as we said, the, the kids go through different phases and we kind of are adapting, right? And we, and we need to have that communication and kind of that, that problem solving that, that goes into it. But if your kids are a little bit older, they can also help. 
problem solve, which builds a lot of their independent skills. They're an important part of the family harmony unit. Yes. Yes. It's so it's a game changer when you add yes. up. I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hey mamas, let's take a quick break. I wanted to share with you Meltdown Mastery, the listening and skilled toddler mini course. Get helpful tools sent straight to your inbox and get your child to listen in two seconds. Imagine a calm home with less meltdowns. Go to the show notes for the link or head to twinmomroadmap.com backslash guides for super helpful tools and resources. Also, Become a part of our cozy Facebook community for support, conversation, and double the laughter. Link in show notes to join. So that kind of segues into our next part of, you know, what are different ways to promote family harmony? And we had mentioned in the post today, you know, a strong foundation, good one-on-one time, uh, meaningful meal times, which is a big one for me. Promoting cooperation through games, which is super fun now that my kids are getting older, and just creating intentional family time. So let's go, I guess, a little bit more in depth on what those mean. So with a strong foundation, you know, you just really want to have those good communication skills and patience and really just kind of focus on nurturing bonds between different individuals of your house, right? Absolutely. Yes. And, and some of those activities that you said, like even just like playing a game works on so many of those skills. It's working on communication. You're having connection. You're working on kindness, like taking turns and waiting and all those really important skills. So even just playing a game can do so much. Yes. So we're really in, we're getting into the game phase right now. We have game night every week. Kids love it. My four-year-old's like, he's a newly four-year-old and he's finally like catching on like, oh, okay, it's my turn. Okay. I actually need to pay attention now. But I feel like being able to, I guess, have my kids work together on games is a real big game changer, game changer. It's a game changer (laughs) for us because it's not so much, mommy, can you help me with this? Daddy, can you help me with this? Like it's learning, it's them getting the harmony between the sibling bond that's really helping. That is so important. And I foresee that being something with my twins. Yes. Yes. (laughs) I think twins, I think they have it a little bit easier and a little bit harder in different ways because, you know, some twins compete about everything and then others, you know, there's always the mama bird of the group. I don't don't know if yours like has the one or the daddy, you know, the one that's like, he can't figure this out. Let me, let me help him out a minute. Like I have one mama bird girl and she's just like, bless her heart. She can't do it. Let me do it for her. And I'm like, no, stop. Like, let her try. (laughs) <laughs> so them being able to work together, is, it's really kind of fun to watch too. That That is really, really great. And I also think having them not just like games, I think, but also with like real life problem solving is also really cool too. Like if you have them in the car and you're doing a few errands or something like, and you're like, okay, well, it is going to be 15 minutes to the library, but we're five minutes away from the grocery store. What do you, what do you think? Like, where should we go next on our errand run and have the kids 
talk about it and problem solve and well, I'm hungry or whatever. So maybe we should go here first. Or is it the distance, like having them give those like real life skills, but that makes them have a voice in the family, which goes back to our family harmony. Yes. Yes. I, I, I think those are great ways to incorporate, even for little kids, like you can still point out, you know, how many signs are we going through or, you know, how, how many different ways can we get to the library? Which way are we going today? So yes, I think being able to kind of activate their, their thinking skills and their imaginations is so important, you know, not only for us as parents, but for them as kids to be able to just kind of have some fun with it. Yes, ma- making it fun is really the key because, you know, we definitely don't want to put on too many parental roles and stress on them, but also we want to foster their their growth at the same time and independence at the same time. Yes. So I will say one thing that's a challenge for me. I've got three kids. So, and especially for twin moms, it's hard to be able to do one-on-one time. One-on-one time is so important. That way they feel like they're being heard. No one's talking for them. I have one twin that's like, oh, I'll just say it for her. I'm like, no, you got to let her speak, you know? Yes. So like trying to find time to just sit and listen or just sit in color or just say, I see you, your feelings are valid. You know, all of those things is so important, yet it's so difficult to do. And the same thing with your spouse. Sometimes you get caught up with doing kid stuff, like the kids need this. I got to get them ready for school. I got to get this going on. And then by the end of the day, you're like, hey, honey, like <laughs> that's, you know, that that's kind of your one-on-one time. Like, let's go to sleep. You've got to be able to find a good harmonious balance between them. Yes, that that is definitely a, a challenge. And just, and sometimes, you know, sometimes we have support systems where we're able to do a little bit of that. And sometimes we don't, and we have to come up with, with other ways, or other alternative support systems to be able to do some of these things or do it in our own way. You know, like the one-on-one can can one child be doing something independent while we're playing with the other child? And, and it really depends. Sometimes it depends on the child and sometimes it depends on the time of day and that, and that child's yeah. how they're feeling at that moment. Cause it, one minute it could work and the other minute. It might not be the, the best choice to try to attempt that. So it, it's ever changing and, and, um, and then scheduling in that, that time with our partner where we can actually be do adult stuff and um, not kids shows and kid toys 24 seven is also important, but, it, but working hard. hard not in, it is, it is so challenging. So I actually, yes. my, our family did like a little family dinner out and I, we were waiting for a table and I ran into this mom who was sitting there with her older son and she saw our girls and was like, I have twins too. And I'm like, oh, interesting. Oh, then she went into telling me about how early they were born. They were born very, very early, like 23 weeks. So they were extremely early. They spent a long time in the NICU. And she, one of them has a lot of health issues and developmental issues. And she said that she still takes the time out to ask a friend or ask a family member or something to kind of come over and help take care of 
one of them, any of them, and take their kid out of the home to go do something for them because she knows that they spend a lot of time kind of nurturing the the child that's having some issues. And it's it's hard because some kids, they kind of get pushed to the side, not on purpose, but if, you know, you've got one kid that's struggling with a need, you you can't neglect them. You've got to take care of it. And then those those siblings kind of feel left behind. So I I gave her so much credit because she said, you know, I'm taking my son out for dinner. We're going to sit. She's going to tell me about his sports. He's going to tell me about his day. He had prom coming up. So she wanted to hear all about it. And the only way that she could do it was to just get out of the house, because if not, she knew her mama heart could not say no to her other children. And I just thought that was that was just so inspiring. I was like, you're the best mom. <laughs> so even even if it's, you know, once a month, you you kind of separate yourself. Right now I'm in the season where I'm in one run, one room with one child trying to craft or color and the other two are hopefully coloring or playing with cars or doing something in another room. And that's kind of the only way that I've been doing my one-on-one time. But hopefully it progresses later on. But I just, you know, there's so many different ways that you can do it. And it doesn't have to be for long, you know, five or 10 minutes, maybe take a book out and read with one child and, you know, take turns that way. Something. Absolutely. And there's research that shows that kids feel love in actually the micro moments. So it's just even like if it is just five minutes or 15 minutes just be, you know, here's some tips to really connect with them is, you know, making sure there's no distractions when you are interacting. So maybe you're not with them for a full hour. Maybe it's just five minutes, but there's no distractions. You're making eye contact. You're, you're kind of on their level. So if they're on the floor, you're on the floor or at the table, you're, you're, you're together and that you increase the joy laughter because when we are in that state, we're creating more of those moments than if we are not. Yes. And you mentioned being at the table. So this one, this one's big for me. So being able to have meaningful mealtime, it's a little traditional, you know, some people don't still sit down at the dinner table together. And it's, it was a a requirement for me. I told my husband before we had kids, I was like, we are going to have family meals at the table. I hope that's okay. And he's like, oh, sure, whatever. Now he's like, oh, wow, she means it. So (laughs) being able to put your phone away, turn the TV off, it was a little more challenging when my kids were toddlers and throwing food everywhere. And you're like, let's just, can I just hose you off? (laughs) Why did we do this? But I'm so glad we did because we got into the routine. So now my kids you know, now that they're in kindergarten, they're getting into the habit of they come home, we sit down, we have dinner, no one's got distractions, and we take turns telling everybody about our day. What was something good that happened today? What was something that was a little challenging today? And the rest of the time, you know, we're all just making jokes or laughing, laughing, you know, mom, I don't like to eat this. I'm like, okay, well, you know, moving on. But I will say, I feel like those moments are hopefully something that will stay with them, you know, until they leave my house. And then hopefully when they come back, they'll integrate it to their own home. It was something 
our parents did that I brought in from, you know, as from my childhood that I always appreciated. My parents took the time to sit down and ask me about my day and there were no distractions. So I, I, I think that's, you know, for our family, that's a great way to do it. Everybody might do things a little differently, but that might be a good way to just kind of bond together and, and share a moment that has no distractions. That is is so beautiful. And I, they say that about seven out of 10 parents try to recreate their favorite memories from their childhood. And often that could be something fun, but it could be a connection, a connection with family. That's so important. And even like, let's say there's still ways to do it. Even if you can't get the whole family sitting down at dinner, let's say uh, maybe your partner works late and just doesn't get home until super late and you'd be eating dinner at the the child's bedtime, then there, there's maybe you could have the meal with them. Or even if it's, even if it looks different and like, for example, my toddlers, they have about five meals a day. Yeah. Um, just, just like one of those meals, even if just one of those meals, sitting down with them, sharing some food, talking about it, um, even at the age of two, where they don't have the same amount of language and understanding, there still is that kind of like nonverbal connection of like we're sharing food or we're talking about the food even. And that makes it exciting as well. Yes. Snack time is big for yeah. Sometimes he does work late and he's like, oh, I miss Turner. I'm sorry. And he, I'm like, you you can have a snack, like snack time. Like we have 7,000 snacks a day. It's not going <laughs> to So the, the last one is really just kind of having and creating intentional family time. And, you know, we've mentioned some of the ways like you could, you could do games together. You can have meals together. Uh, Some other ones that we used to do all the time, right after my girls got in from the NICU, because we couldn't go out anywhere for months. We just walked around the neighborhood and it was just such a nice, simple way. My kids had colic, but all three of them had colic and everyone was screaming and we're like, we just got to get out of the house because everyone's going crazy. We put them in a stroller and we walked around the neighborhood and it was a nice moment for the kids to get out and they look around and just kind of be in nature. And my husband and I got to have a full conversation without someone screaming. <laughs> it's just such a simple act to just go, well, and it's healthy for you too. Or, you know, you could sit and color with your child you could sit and read a book that's one of our favorite things is you just sit it's quick it's easy you pick up a real simple kids book and you know it it maybe what three minutes to get through a book and and you can look at the pictures and point at it and things like that what is your favorite way to create you know family time for you guys well we definitely value having experiences out outside the home as well. And like you said, like the walk, I like to build those in throughout the day because I notice a change in environment really helps not just my mental health, but my twins mental health as well. I'm just getting a break from the same room and just making kind of family memories, even if it's not like, you know, we'll take, we'll take them out to different parks and like do different things. And we, and I love talking about it because you can just like build on that, like in a book, if like the other day we went strawberry picking and then in a book there were strawberries and just like making those connect learning connections and they get so excited. It means so much more to them. Um, and, you know, if we take them out 
There, there are places where you can go out to eat that are more child-friendly, and that is our favorite to take the boys to, where they can kind of like roam around, and there's like some kid toys. There are some really cool places that you can find or get recommendations to in your area that are, are more child-appropriate, and it does look different because mealtime is, is quicker and roaming around with our twins because they're highly active. <laughs> so like roaming around with them is more the time, but it really feels like it's making the memories and just being around the other kids. is just so special. And even though it can be kind of challenging, it's like, it's just the benefits outweigh any of the challenges for us. Yes, I agree. And, you know, reading time is just such a, a simple, precious moment that you can share that doesn't take up a whole lot of time. And, you know, it helps with language development. It helps kind of soothe when our kids were in the NICU and we couldn't pick them up and they were having just a bad day. You know, just my husband's simple act of just reading to them made their stats do so much better. And it's just so cool how something so small and simple can can have an effect even, you know, whether it's mentally, physically, like you, you calm down, your stress goes down. They've done a lot of research, even with adults where stress is reduced just by reading, just taking a moment, getting, you know, just a little bit of you time. in. so, so yes, is there, is there like a favorite book that you guys, that your kids love right now? So what we do is we we go to the library every few weeks um, and we get new books. So and the boys really they're really liking the books that they can kind of have some interaction with where there's like flippy things and they can pull and things move and come out um, that are very colorful. So they're very drawn to those types of books right now, but also they love books that connect to something that, that they have just done. So if we went, just went to the farm, a book about farm animals, then it's, you know, they go through different phases too of a favorite book. Like they, they loved like the, the blue tractor book and it was like their favorite. And now it's like a new, you know, they go through their different, but it's, it's awesome. And it, it's books are really they amazing. Really, they are. I love the library. Yes. Of- <laughs> We're like- yes. Should we go there today? We have these cool little reading nooks and like the, the women there are, are awesome. Like they always have like a craft and ours has like, um, like a kid's table where they have these really cool, like, I don't know, like games is quite, quite the right word, but like puzzles and things that they can do. So it's very interactive. Every library is a little bit different and they're just, they're just fun to visit. Reading encourages the imagination too. It really gets them thinking I'm trying to, you know, just explore with you. I love when my kids would point to a picture and just be like, what is that? And then you tell them, they're like, ah, like you just see the light bulb turn on and you're like, look at you learning. You're so cool. So, and now my girls, you know, they're, they're, they're reading, they're starting to read. And it's so cool to watch them kind of progress through their, you know, learning to read. And they're like, oh, makes sense because the picture's right there and I'm like I know isn't that great so the early reader books are really fun but it's just such a great it's just a great way to bond that's that's why we created our NICU journey book it's just a nice way to get parents 
even with just their babies to get reading. We've got a second book coming out um, called One Step Behind, and it's kind of to talk a little bit more on like, you know, siblings bonding and the last baby and really just appreciating those little moments um, with children. And it's, it's just so sweet. I love books. They're just the best. So we are running out of time. Heather, it has been so nice to finally talk to you face to face. I'm glad we were able to have this chat. I'm glad we were able to, you know, talk about Harmony. Hopefully everyone, you know, who has tuned in or will be listening in the future can kind of be able to take something away from this chat. So I appreciate it. And, you know, I, I, I hope that everybody has gained something. Is there anything that you want to say before we sign off? Well, thank you you so much, Sarah. You're such an inspiration and I just admire you and you're, you're just posting such great messages and your books. And it's just, thank you so much for the opportunity to talk to you, but also thank you so much for everybody that showed up here or, or that is going to watch the replay and, I really, we all appreciate you as well. And we're, we are cheering you on. That's right. I know you can do it. Moms yeah. and dads out there, uh, I promise. <laughs> there is light at the end of the tunnel. You do not have to wait for them to leave, you know, for college yes. to be able to say, I like my kids again. So, you know, have a little harmony and some peace in your, in your house and just enjoy each other's company and, and enjoy those little bonding moments while they're still little. Heather, thank you again. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. And we will talk to you later. Happy reading, everybody. Happy reading. And that wraps up another episode filled with tools and insights to help your parenting journey have clarity and ease. Remember, every child is unique, and so is our experience, especially when there's more than one. Keep celebrating those small victories and learning along the way. I'm Heather, your Twin Mama Guide, and until next time, here's to raising skilled, self-regulated toddlers who listen, learn, and love. Take care and see you soon.